Tonight on Rogue Padron, cuteness should be preserved. Missions with varying levels of consequence. <laughs> That's definitely me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's not, it's not me this time. For once, I'm not me. I'm so sorry. There was a bug on my mic. Let's do that again. <laughs> what? Saf, you're so prepared. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I got the this bug. This is going to be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think they're gone. Are the bugs gone, Saf? Yep, I killed it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Tonight on Rogue Padron, cuteness should be preserved. Missions with varying levels of consequence. Make six men fight like 30. Ask little, deliver much. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six standing by. Rogue Seven standing by. Rogue Three standing back. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Mission 5, Season 6 of Rogue Padron. Tonight we'll be doing chapters 13 through 16 of X-Wing Iron Fist. But before that, a quick reminder of your hosts. If Danny, Rogue 6, was a weather phenomenon, he would be fog because it's a little unsettling sometimes, but overall harmless. (laughs) That description is 60% true. <laughs> I would argue that I'm more of a medium to large amount of unsettling. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're like Silent Hill fog. References. Oh dear. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, Seth Rogue Seven would be thunder and lightning, which is scary to some but soothing for others. Aw, I like that. I love thunder. See. <laughs> Heath, Rogue 3, would be snow because it could either make your day great or terrible. (laughs) Yes. You have so much power. I like it. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I'm a constant light rain because it's mildly annoying, but you can't do anything about it. (laughs) These are all so succinct. Yes. Well, speaking of weather phenomenon, phenomena... (laughs) (laughs) Phenomena. I have a question about Star Wars. <laughs> Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Because <laughs> I guess no one's going to sing with me, so we'll just keep I going. I did sing with you. You just sang right over me. <laughs> oh, Danny. Uh, Danny. I'm a fog. I can't help it. <laughs> so, in X-Wing Iron Fist, we've seen our... Wraith friends going undercover as a pirate crew. It's been a very big part of this book was the undercover mission. And since we've been doing a lot of like fanficking of what we want to see in episode eight, I would like to know which character you would like to see go undercover in episode eight and what the circumstances are surrounding that. Mm-hmm. Don't everyone jump in at once here. I want Finn to go undercover 
in that fancy planet as a fancy person, so he wears a fancy outfit. Ooh, fit in a fancy outfit. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he going undercover at the fancy party? Um, to be fancy. Probably to like I don't know, find someone or gain Getting intelligence some or something. Information. Yeah, that. He's he's getting smart. I don't know. I just wanted to see him in a fancy suit. Agreed. A fancy space suit. Not a space suit, but a suit in space. <laughs> <laughs> I want Poe to be worried about Finn while Finn is undercover and to show up also dressed in fancy garb. And then they like share a dance together. Ooh. Ooh. You're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> mm. well, I... I want BB-8 to get a new paint job. Kind of like Chopper does on Rebels sometimes. And go undercover at a First Order base. As a First Order BB unit. But does the First Order have BB units? They realize that the First Order doesn't have BB units. And Ben Skywalker like... immediately recognizes BB-8 because of his... Or Ben Solo, I guess, right? Who's that guy? Kylo? Kylo Ren? Benjamin Wicket Nino no Morgana Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nia Nub. He recognizes... Yeah. <laughs> I call him Nia Numb for short. He recognizes BB-8 because BB-8 was actually an integral part of his childhood. Ah, And he goes, yes. oh, I've caused my mother so much pain for being such a terrible child. And he goes to the light side. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's cute. And then Leia slaps him, right? Of course. Good. I want Leia to go undercover. And she infiltrates the First Order, and then she just kills Kylo. <laughs> just just murderizes him. <laughs> the end. That's rough, buddy. It's very yep. classic Meg. <laughs> just saying. I mean, he kind of deserves it at this point. 100%. I mean, I, I'm sure Leia, as a mother, was a fan of, like, strict punishment. Seems a little extreme. Mm-hmm. Does it for what he did, though? I mean, he killed Han. That's okay, kind of fair. I've been, I've been reading Bloodline, and yes, I just now have gotten to Bloodline. <laughs> and she loves Han a lot. And she didn't work this hard and have to suffer with all this garbage just to have this happen. So, Fair point. I love Bloodline. It's so good. So good. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, that's back to me. (laughs) Oh, no. At dawn, Face leaves Tawn and the wreck speeder bike underneath a blanket and heads back to his interceptor. He makes good time and there's no sign of any of Warlord Gabor's forces. He powers up and flies back to the camp, resigned to what he has to do. He turns a squint downward and fires, destroying the camp and any trace of Tawn Fanon. Yeah, that was a real cheery start to these chapters. Let's get a good prepare. That's what happened. I hated it so much. Back at Hawkbat, Hawkbat base, a lot of bees. Mm-hmm. Base gets debriefed by what? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, it's up there again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh... Wedge tells him that he did everything right, did everything he could to preserve the integrity of the mission and the life of Tan. Face laments that he didn't save him, and Wedge commiserates. He wasn't able 
to save a lot of his friends too. It'll always eat at him, but he'll survive it. He offers Face to come talk to him, Wizard Men, to find proof of that. Face offers to help write the notice to Tan's next of kin, but as luck would have it, Face was the person to be contacted about his death, as well as the beneficiary of his will. Oh. <laughs> Face is shocked, but tr- tries to go and get some rest. This was some excellent therapist wedge session right here. It was really yeah. good there. Wedge it is just like face really real talk. And basically said the exact same stuff that Tan said to him about how you're beating yourself up and it's uncalled for. It's not your fault. Yeah. I love therapist wedge. It's the best wedge. Very good wedge. 13 out of 10. <laughs> wedge um, calls wizard. So that needs to be a Twitter account, right? TF now. Yeah. Heath. <laughs> Therapist Wedge. Wedge, right? No, we wait we rate wedges. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> God, it needs to be a thing. I mean also Not Therapist Wedge, wedge thir- sure, but definitely we rate we oh my gosh, say that. We <laughs> we wait wedges. <laughs> We rate wedges. <laughs> oh my god! This is really mean because as I when I was a child, I had to go to a speech therapist because I couldn't pronounce my R's properly because I would always pronounce them as W's. Oh no! So that's just that's just rude. Sorry, getting a little close to home. We there. rate wedges. We we rate what? I was like, we rate wedges. <laughs> I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> not easy to say. Now I just sound like Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> There aren't enough wedges to rate, though, to warrant. There are so well, there are many at least wedges. Thirteen of them in one squadron. <laughs> <laughs> pew true. pew pew. That's true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I forgot about that image. <laughs> oh no! Pew oh. pew 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 pew. <laughs> oh, well. While Heath is doing that, Wedge calls, <laughs> Wedge calls Wiz in, who is always lurking outside of Wedge's office for some reason. I love that detail. <laughs> Whenever and Wedge as, is just like, Wiz, Wiz is just like, yo, he's just there I'm, I'm here. Every time. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> and he asks him to put Lara as Face's new wing person. She'll also be the new medic, and she needs to keep an eye on him for any signs of overreaction, but be sneaky about it. I love how they decide the next mayor is just like, this person did the course most recently, I guess they can be medic now. <laughs> I mean, none of them are, like, even close to being doctors, so <laughs> it's really just a toss-up. Yeah. Min then comes in, dressed in his blood stripes. Wow, self-esteem. And Wedge is suspicious and remarks that this obviously isn't about face. Min sits down and tells him about Lara's problem and with her supposed to be supposed to be dead brother. In his quarters, Face looks through his messages. He skips over he skips over Tan's will and reads a message left to him. Wait, hold on. Let me read this to you because it's the worst. <laughs> That's a good reason to do it. There we go. <clears throat> Face, I'm not going to go into the pathology of this. Suffice to say, we were talking about internal injuries, internal bleeding, maybe a ruptured kidney. I'm having trouble sorting that one out. Either way, I don't think I'm going to last too long. I flatter myself in thinking that you're going to take it kind of hard. If I'm wrong, don't let me know. While part of me wishes you wouldn't, another part appreciates it. I also know that you're going to punish yourself for this. I wish you wouldn't. 
There are two people responsible for me getting injured. I'm one of them for not being quite the superior flyer I needed to be. Someone named Zinge Pilot is the other one, and you killed him, which I also appreciate, by the way, in case I didn't tell you. There's no room for a third party to blame, so butt out. I left you some money, a fair amount, actually. I was the only son of wealthy parents, and I didn't manage to spend it all on good times and prosthetics. By the terms of my will, some of what you receive has to be used for a specific project. If you don't use it for that, the whole amount goes to an already wealthy actor you've mentioned with a certain amount of contempt. And you'll get to watch him become even richer despite his lack of talent or personal worth. So there. I don't have much time here, and I'm struggling to find some way to sum up what I need to say. I guess it boils down to this. Thanks for being my friend. I needed one, and you were it. Ton Fannin, pilot, wit, and superior intellect. Oh yes, don't let my glass prowlers starve. They're cute little insects. Cuteness should be preserved. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> You're right, Denny. I am crying. Uh, I hate oh, it. I hate it's so, it. It's so good. It hurts. For this world. <laughs> After Face reads the letter, he goes back to read Tonswell. I love that the night crawl- prowlers are still hanging out, too. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta take care of them. The next day, Wedge explains to the race there will be a few missions going on. One will be Face, Dia, and Kel going to make contact with Warlord Gabor. The second is Min and Laura going to New Old Town to make contact with her long-lost bruh. The third- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's bro, not bra, in case that was unclear. <laughs> the third is Wedge going to Coruscant to turn in reports and pick up orders. Up to five rates and come with him while Wiz watches over Hawkbat base. During the briefing... Kasten brings up his plan and says he's done and tells Wedge this is the time to do it and that Wedge is being overly cautious and wrong all the time. Oh my god. Wedge calls him the F out, making him stand up and saying that when it comes to tactical tactical experience and gut feelings, who do you think Wedge is going to trust out of the two of them? If Wedge is wrong, Aldo misses an opportunity and his reputation will suffer a very minor amount. If Kasten is wrong, they could all die. <laughs> he also asks Kasten, which is the appropriate place to question a superior officer's decisions, public or private? He orders that Kasten stays on the base during these missions. Oh, Kasten. Why does he keep getting... Like, I felt a little bit sorry for him, but after this I was like, nah, man. This is this is not a good idea. Kasten yeah, Kasten not... just digs his grave very literally in these chapters. Oh, no, Danny. Oh, no, Danny. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> After the briefing, Face catches up with Kasten to try to talk some sense into him. Kasten just keeps saying Wedge is wrong and he's not willing to risk their lives. But Face points out that Wedge... Ha- that Wedge... <laughs> That's like the ship name for Wiz and Wedge. Um, anyway. Oh, my God has been risking their lives and his own every dang mission. He just isn't reckless. And then, of course, there's some lolling about Carillion who cares about the odds. And Kasten concedes and goes to eat, but this is probably not the last of he- the last we'll hear of this a-hole. Everyone sets off on their missions. Face is starting to feel nervous about his, not because he's afraid of Warlord Gabor, but because he's worried he'll get a vision of Tan and then be forced to do as much damage to Warlord Gabor as possible, which will definitely result in all of their deaths. (laughs) 
Face is in a scar makeup, and Dia has covered her leku in intricate tattoos that tell the story of what a terrible but badass person she is. Face is here for it. Kel just has a ton of facial hair and a long, fiery wig. He has an obnoxious signature move that I'm going to imagine a share flipping her hair over her shoulder, but he looks really mean when he does it. Is there, please tell me these art, like, is there official art of this fight? Like, I'm this sure look? there is. There has to be. I need it. I need it, but I'm too scared to look it up. Like, I'm pretty, yeah, no spoilers. Like, I'm pretty sure he just looks like a beardy, redheaded share. Oh, that's so good. Really good, right? That's so Cal. <laughs> that's so Cal. <laughs> I love Cal so much. I really like Cal now. <laughs> I like him now that he's not the main character. Right? He's great now. He's like, I'm goofing off, beating people up. I'm in a loving relationship where we're equal partners. Bam, bam, bam. Like, he's doing great. He's had so much character growth out of nowhere. He's he's doing real good. I feel like this is a problem I have with a lot of books. Like, whenever it's the main character and you're in their head a lot, you grow to dislike them because most people in their heads are really unlikable. Totally. (laughs) But then when you're, like, not... Like, think about Harry Potter. Do you know anyone who's like, oh, yeah, Harry Potter is the best character? No, it's all the other characters because you're not in their heads all the time. Right. You're not like Harry. Stop being a whiny baby. Right. (laughs) Harry is a whiny baby, though. Like, even if you weren't in a stage, you'd probably think he's an annoying character. But you do have a very good point. Before they take off, Face instructs Kel to pull Kasten out of the smuggling compartment. But all they find is some booze, food, and Lieutenant Ketch ready (laughs) for action. What else do you need, really? I know. If he says it. Sounds like a party. Face isn't one hundred percent convinced that Ketch isn't a real alive Ewok. Neither <laughs> am I at this point. Like, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I like how other members besides Wedge are now starting to get concerned about Lieutenant Ketch. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're like, oh, it's Ketch again. <laughs> it's catching on. No. Minara arrives at Oh, I'm so glad that that silence just happened. That was amazing. Excellent work, everyone. Great. So the Nara arrives at its first mission point. They pick up a bunch of overlapping transmissions, but manage to sift out the strongest signal and get the coordinates to their next jump. Melvar comes to check on Warlord Gabor, and he has an ostentatious setup for dinner. Melvar remarks that all he needs is to be bathed in light to complete the effect. They track the shuttle, and Nara will be there in minutes. As the Huckbats approach Iron Fist, Face reminds them that they need to be just as arrogant, but not so much that they get them killed. He's all put by Dia's performance, wondering if she's just a natural actress, or if there's something buried beneath her that she hasn't let out. When they land, Melvar, who has metal killing nails, what the heck? <laughs> And a unit of stormtroopers are there to greet them. The Hawkbats hand over their weapons and they metal they get wanded with metal detectors. A trooper taps Kel, aka Lieutenant Disick, which sends him into attack mode, but Melvar doesn't mind because the Stormy was behaving poorly. Melvar does want to know how much it costs to employ Disick slash Kel, but Face doesn't give it away. <laughs> Later, after everyone leaves the hangar. M. Effin Kasten is revealed to have <sighs> cleverly snuck aboard the Iron Fist in the smuggling compartment. He used mirrors, I guess, to make it look like the back of the <laughs> compartment was empty and all of the stuff in the front was just a distraction. He watches Warlord Gabor's men search the ship, delete their nav records, and probably install a tracking device. 
When they're all gone, he gets out in in full Stormtrooper armor and prepares to go to the main computer. So General Antilles will finally admit that Kasten was right about everything. I really, when I got to this point, Antilles, I was like, I want him to fail miserably and die because this is a bad idea. (laughs) I wanted him to fail. I'm so mad at him. Like, Wedge very clearly said, like, either I'm right and my reputation is hurt a little bit or you're right and we all die, or whatever. No, either I'm wrong, wrong my reputation, like or you're wrong, you. and we all die. And Kasten is still like, well, hope I'm right. I know I'm right, <laughs> I know because I'm I right. have the confidence of a straight white man. Right. Yes. <laughs> he is! Oh, he oh. definitely is, though. Yeah. Melvar brings them into the bridge where it's chaos. <laughs> I just have to say Melvar like every time. Well, it's an important reminder that that's what he sounds like. He's a freaking nerd. Yeah. With razor metal nails. <laughs> the dinner table, Warlord Gabor said, is half full of diners, but the crew pit below is an anarchy. People are not actually paying attention to their screens, in relaxed clothes, doing tie sims, fireblade dueling, and every other weird thing. We know that this is a show because remember that one time Warlord Gabor definitely killed an airman for doing flight sims during his guard duty. Face and Warlord Gabor exchange pleasantries, including Warlord Gabor mentioning how they have speedily carried out their repairs from the last encounter. Face doesn't think that the food is poisoned, but also he could be wrong. Lara and Min show up in Aldevi. She's annoyed because she has to continue acting like she knows the place, but everything she knows is from records. Min keeps asking her questions that are actually helpful, but it's putting her on edge. Have I mentioned that I'm on edge about the fact that Min Donos went on this mission with her? fine because so, of like, what we learned about mindonos and lara last week it's fine yeah it's fine. a little worrying no it's it's all right it's totally okay great you've never steered us wrong before meg <laughs> don't steer you <laughs> i let you steer yourselves no that's not any better it's not because then i'm like oh that's that's like infested terror waters bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah they arrive at the Nostril farmhouse. Laura decides she's going in alone with her comlink switched off. Min doesn't think this is a good idea, but she says she'll hold a fist up if there's trouble. He agrees, but he warns her again that she should signal the moment she feels like it's out of her control. Laura doesn't know how to react to his genuine concern, so she just leaves. <laughs> Same. I have legitimately done that so many I times. I got my sap as I read that. <laughs> I have straight up done exactly that. Uh, he's too nice. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally imagining her just like him saying these things and her not saying a word and just turning around and walking away. That's <laughs> 100% what she did. <laughs> when she gets to the house, she sees Tavin. <laughs> Tavin Tarklighter. Would you be more her to Captain Rosick. He wants her to be to use a transmission device to send out the location and information on the Mon Ramonda so they can go and blow it up. She makes up an excuse about how that's not going to work because the rebels search them all thoroughly and are under tight scrutiny, the opposite of how they claim they run things. Instead, they figure out that they can use Mon Ramonda's own communication systems to send information out. Laura wants to use that to trap them where they 
trap them there when they destroy Iron Fist and agrees that this would be the best way. Tavin picks up a life form close by. Laura explains that this is her wingman and she wasn't allowed to go alone, but he's just, you know, doing X-Wing maintenance, NBD. Rossick says he's going to go kill him because his face might have been seen and the rebels have hollows of it. But once again, Laura stops him, saying it would be too suspicious if she came back from her family reunion without him. Rossick then decides the plan is to kill him and they both leave with their X-Wings back to the Iron Fist. Simple. Yeah, great. Easy. <laughs> Face is enjoying the food at dinner with Warlord Goodbore. That is, until he and Melvar bring up their Ewok pilot. They seem particularly interested in him, and Face uses Piggy's real backstory to explain how they ended up with an intelligent Ewok who is smart enough to fly. I'm Face so a- glad slash mad that Lieutenant Ketch has become such an integral plot point. <laughs> <laughs> This is, oh, oh, I'm so excited. Anyway. Oh, my Face God. Makes- <laughs> Megan oh can't do that. <laughs> Are we going to get a real Ewok pilot? I know I can't get you to answer that, but oh, my God. Face makes an excuse about why they could never bring <laughs> Lieutenant Ketch to meet him. He Just bites roll right the over the question. <laughs> when Face asks about their best pilot, which Warlord Gabor reveals as Baron Sunterfell, Face asks if he bites, too. Caston is now climbing down a turbo lift shaft in order to find some privacy for him to do his hacking he comes across a room with a security port and although it signals danger do not enter this super secret room Caston is curious and so he break- begins to break in I straight up want to kill Keston myself just because he was like I just need a computer that's all I need and then he gets to a floor and he's like wow this one's super sensitive there's probably a really cool computer in here I'm gonna break into this one like no just go to a normal level and break into a normal what computer what a dumb dumb I hate this guy it doesn't take him too long and then he rigs it so he'll be able to send in a signal to open the door again when he needs to Going down the hall, there are creatures in cages, Gamorians and Ewok, Dianaga, etc. And he sees four men conducting some kind of surgery on a Tals. The Tals is roaring in rage, which is unsettling because they are gentle, peaceful creatures. Past here, Kasson just sits down and gets back to work. Oh, we're back to putting aliens in cages. I'm so sad. <laughs> At least no one's, well, as far as we know, no one's bones are melting. Oh, God. Can we, oh. I oh. forgot about that for a minute. Yeah, I'm sorry, liquefying, I think, was the proper term. <sighs> what they were doing uh, with the towels is pretty brutal, though. It's so real it, bad. Like, tubes coming out of him every which way. Four tubes. Four tubes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Two tubes. Two tubes okay. squared. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Laura is still trying to talk her way out of not going with Rosick. But it is not going very well. She refuses to go and Tavin pulls a blaster on her. She raises her hands in the air, telling them they're making a mistake. When they still take her lightly, she closes her fists and instantly Tavin is shot in the gut. Laura uses her own blaster to take care of Rusik. When Min gets down there, he asks her why Tavin was going to shoot her. And she tells him kind of the truth, that she refused to board the Iron Fist with them. Men says they'll sweep the area and take their papers and immediately head back to Hawkbat base. 
great. Everything is fine. And Laura can keep lying. Yeah. Min's not going to get hurt at all. This will be fine. An expert in hacking computers is not having any luck getting his computer program snuck inside because, lol, the security is actually very good. He can't admit it, and he has a mild epiphany that he actually feels sympathy for the non-humans whose lives are being ended by Warlord Gabor. Except he didn't call them non-humans. He called them, like, what did he call them? He used, like, gross language. It was just so racist. Cretans, furballs, something. Yeah, he is a terrible, terrible human being. Harry, sympathy for those hairy, smelly, and most unhuman beings crowding those cells. Ugh. Jeez, Keston. A half-squadron of stormtroopers enters, and Keston panics. He lets the Tals go to create a distraction, and it kills some of the scientists, which, okay. Kasson doesn't have a way out, so instead he's so instead of bluffing, he just shoots the first trooper he can, jumps through the blown out window, and makes a run for the turbo lift. Down this straight hallway that has absolutely no cover. He's shot in the leg before he gets there, and on the ground he realizes how bad this is. <laughs> About they time. <laughs> they have his data pad. The whole mission is blown. And so he does the one decent thing he's probably ever done in his life. And he raises his data pad and blasts it before the troopers can get to him. At dinner, the hot I feel, I feel finally... nothing. Sorry, were we going to comment on that? I feel nothing. <laughs> yeah, I feel absolutely I, nothing. I, I kind of feel bad coming. that like, a really a good data pad went to waste. <laughs> Gosh. I'm worried about the towels. Yeah. Towels is okay. He makes it to an spe- airspeeder and then he gets out of there safely. Oh, good. At dinner, they finally get to the matter at hand with Warlord Gabor. He explains they're going to be making an attack on a shipping slash refueling center. Face knows it must be valuable cargo, but Melvar won't clue him in until they're there. Warlord Gabor asks how many ships he can bring to the fight, and Face responds with six. They're a little taken aback, but they fight like 30, and Warlord Gabor will pay them as such. This surprises Face because they are being overpaid, but Warlord Gabor explains that he will take casualties, so the extra money is incentive for everyone to do their best. Face mentions that with only six pilots, he still has hawkbats that are skilled at other things. Warlord Gabor asks about intrusion, and it's proof of what Face was thinking, that Warlord Gabor will send a troop to the ground ahead of time. Melvar is still really into Kel, and Face remarks that they also have his teacher. Kel catches on and tells the story of how she has taken down a Wookiee with gruesome detail. Warlord Gabor asks if they might take a small commission now. Face agrees, and they drag in Kasten. His <laughs> eyes are closed, he has the blaster mark on his leg, and his breathing is regular. Face hopes he doesn't look as concerned as he feels, knowing that Kasten has absolutely doomed them all. Kasten... This oh was this whole scene. This was, I was like on the edge of my seat. This was so stressful, right? Gripping. Yeah, yeah. I was it so was stressed out. Really intense. Warlord Gabor asks them to kill him. Kel is ready to pounce on Warlord Gabor, but Face tries to stall, asking questions about the man and then about how much to kill him. Dia moves first, though, citing that Face is just following the proper articles written up by the Hawkbats, but agrees to do this as a private commission. She asks for a blaster. Face is so relieved because Dia has a plan. <laughs> As Face thinks about how they can fight their way out of this, Dia shoots Kasten in the throat. Uh. 
And it was so pr- nonchalant, I'm proud of her. too. I'm proud of my girl. She got them out of there, and now he's sure. gone. <laughs> Two birds with but one stone. After the Hawkbats are seen out, Warlord Gabor commends that his troops on their great performance. He orders the data bat to be examined as thoroughly as possible now that he is convinced it was not one of the Hawkbats. He also asks Melvar if they have lost an Ewok anywhere, but nothing is recorded. <laughs> so Warlord Gabor is involved in some kind of genetic tampering. Yeah, and the creation of a hyper-intelligent Ewok who has suddenly gone missing. Okay, noted. I'm, like, raising my eyebrows repeatedly. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Got <Yep>. it. <laughs> On their way home, FaZe keeps them quiet until they're far enough away from the Iron Fist before he asks, asks for their report. D explains that Kasten was already dead. They had rigged up something to make it look like he was breathing. But he was dead limp, not just knocked out limp. FaZe accepts this as her conclusion. That's Faze intense asks, that she can recognize the difference between dead limped and knocked out limp. Man, she's had a life, though. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dia. Oof. Face asks Dia if she's all right, and it sets her off, screaming and hitting everything and anything, including Kel, who's just trying not to cross the ship right now. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Face has to haul her into his lap and pin her arms to the sides. She's sobbing and faces no idea what to do, seeing her in possession of emotions he didn't think she had. Dia laments that Diep Asik is dead, that she would never have killed Kasten, that she would have died first. She gets out her blaster and positions it under her chin, but face prevents her from pulling the trigger. This was so heavy and intense. <laughs> yeah, this whole chapter, I mean, this man. Is, this is like right up there with it's up there again, honestly, for me. Yeah. Like seeing this character with these emotions and then like literally like trying to kill herself. Yep. Great. She asks Face to kill her, but he refuses. They need her. Dia keeps sobbing in Face's arms and he finally has time to think, realizing that he's seeing a Dia who was a little girl before she was stolen from Ryloth. Eventually, Face thanks her, thanks her for keeping him alive. Kel chimes in too, and Dia is confused, not knowing how to respond, so she just keeps crying. Face has to deal with the fact that he has to report about two of his subordinates who have died around him in only a few days. Everything is awful. <laughs> Great. Yep. Super. And that's why we did not stop at chapter 15. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I was Faces- not feeling great at the end of that no. chapter. No. Not good. Not good. Face is giving his report to Wedge again. Despite having already gone over it once with Wiz, not even his superior acting talent can help him hide his torn up emotions. He tells Wedge he takes responsibility for Kasten's death. Wedge, of course, thinks this is BS and is not having it. Kasten was not Face's responsibility. He did his checks as necessary. He was responsible for himself, Kel, and Dia on this mission. Dia, he has a plan for, to make sure that others are looking after her, to make sure she won't do anything rash. Wedge asks about Kel, and Face is confused. Why would he need to worry about Kel? Well, Kel checked on the compartment. He probably feels how Face does right now. And when Face goes to say, it's not his fault, he has the, oh, moment. 
Before Face leaves, Wedge reminds him that this mission was a success, but that also means that he's going to have to do it again. Even if Wedge knew ahead of time it would cost the life of one of his pilots, he would still authorize it. Face probably would too. Yeah, After this, was, leaves, this was therapist Wedge again. This is the conversation I was thinking mm-hmm. of earlier too, I think, where Wedge was like really hitting the reality check hard. Right. It's like that's cost benefit ratio right. is still on the winning side. Right. Slash, you literally can't take all the blame for all this. No, like, I mean... Kasten you was can't... an idiot. That is not your fault. This is right. all Kasten's fault, like, completely. Yeah. Every little bit of it is Kasten's fault. All of it. 100% all of it. Oh, I wish Kasten was a boffin. <laughs> oh, man, I wish. Uh, yeah, he should have been... It's fine. He's just my, like, second most hated thing. <laughs> What's your first most... It would be the Bothans, obviously. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Please. And then straight white men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, number three. <laughs> oh, gosh. After Face leaves, Wedge bangs his fist down on his desk, frustrated with himself, with another letter to write, another report he has to send, an explanation of why two people died under his command. I mean, it's not like he had to write a letter for on, but... Correct. It's so bad. It's, it's so bad. bad. It's so bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I feel like Saf was just like <laughs> Wedge man, come on, you, you only have to write one letter here. It's fine. <laughs> You'll have to write one dead letter. <laughs> it's not as bad. Still bad. Could be it's not like it's just an Akbar or anything. Right. <laughs> it, yeah, it could be worse. It could be another Jasmine. Oh no. Wedge leaves his office for an angry walk when Wiz catches up to him. I imagine this is a thing Wedge does on a regular basis. (laughs) Probably. An angry walk time. Wedge confines in Wiz, I'm leading children and I'm getting them killed. Wiz agrees. (laughs) Wedge is shocked. Just shocked. But Wiz explains that he asked for the misfits. Even if they are talented and trained up to snuff, they are carrying around this emotional weight that prevent them from stepping in the right place all the time. They were bound to take higher casualties than other units, but they're a good unit. Some are even fit to fly with others, which, remarkable. I love how the therapist just got therapisted. He sure did. <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, it does not sound good at all. <laughs> Wedge concedes and just quickly changes the subject to Lara. Wiz fills him in that she's doing well enough, but Min is continuing to keep an eye on her. Yeah, he is. Yeah. They decide to have everyone's families warned in case Warlord Gabor continues to try to make a play at them that way. But first, data analysis! Yay! Oh, I love that Wiz is the statistics guy, but also like hates the fact that he's the statistics guy. He's, the statistics <laughs> he's like, guy. it's the same as taking a nap, but more boring. Right. He's like, oh, no. At least they don't go over. At least they, the report that the report of them doing statistics takes like two paragraphs right. rather than a whole chapter. <laughs> Kitten lore mad. <laughs> So the top layer of the data Warlor Gabor gave to face makes it look like they're going to be heading out to Coruscant, but there's no cargo there for them to load, unload, and even if Warlor G- and even Warlor Gabor would not do something as dangerous as like 
kidnapping the inner council. Wedge has a thought, and he writes down a note, folding it up and giving it to Wiz for safekeeping. When they get their answers, he wants Wiz to check the note and it'll prove Wedge is a military genius. <laughs> he sure bounced back after that tough morning. <laughs> They're going to get Lara to help them because she's the best slicer on the team with Kasten gone. Slash was definitely the best slicer on the team, even with Kasten there. <laughs> yes, but sexism. Yeah, that too. Also, I mean, she was also hiding it. She was hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's no sexism when you haven't told them. <laughs> when you're hiding your imperial, like, spy background. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a medic, slicer, and pilot. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I like how they just like, we have all these roles they need filled. Well, Lara, she can do it. She's the newest. She's new. We'll make her do it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, we need a new barista. Oh, Lara can do it. Lara can do it. <laughs> Lara gets called into Wedge's office, and he asks her if it would be possible to take a newer public profile of ships and convert that into what Imperial ships would be. At first, she hesitates, but she remembers that thanks to having Tyson, they already have a lot of the work done. They'll overlay it with actual planetary makeups to find their target. Wedge goes on another walk while he's waiting for Lara, a little less angry this time. And he sees Runt. He's closed the mess, and he's currently painting the floor a sparkling green. Wedge goes over and asks him about it, but Runt answers that he's preparing for the ritual. (laughs) As if that's not ominous at all. Periodic reminder that Wedge is talking to a horse person right now. (laughs) Yeah, so... With multiple beings inside of that single horse person. Right. Yeah, when I read this, I was, like, really weirded out. By like the ritual you should definitely. comment, and then I remembered that it was just like straight up a horse saying that. And I was like, "This is really weird." Like, what? I would weird. I'd be comfortable if I walked what in to see a horse just paying the ground. <laughs> yeah. Friend asks Wedge, yep. "Yeah, to issue We're an order." Demonstrating a surprising display of speciesism here right now. <laughs> because us hating on boffins is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you as know, far as a... you know, the horse people aren't the worst. <laughs> That's fair. Like, the them. reason we don't like them is because they look like horses. <laughs> They're just straight which, up horses. Which is, which is straight up horsesism. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that I like it's not that I like them, but I'm imagining a man in a weird horse mask painting the ground for a ritual. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I just imagine a human with like the creepy yeah. horse mask. Yeah, like yeah. that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> He asks Wedge to issue issue an order for everyone on base not working to be there at 800 hours in dress uniforms or formal attire. Asks Wedge asks why he should do this, and Runt simply responds, "Because I ask little and will deliver much." That was <laughs> so brilliant. Tell- That's all it took. <laughs> he won't tell Wedge what it is, and he just tells Runt to carry on. <laughs> After two hours, Lara comes back with results. The planet that has a similar composition made of Imperial ships is Kuwait. Kuat. Kuat. Wedge points to Wiz's pocket and he pulls out the slip. It just says Kuat. Just like Face predicted weeks ago. So the real military genius here is Face. It'd be uh, foolish obviously. to try to attack Warlord Gabor at Kuat. So the plan is to let him take the Superstar Destroyer and then jump him later. 
he asks Laura if she can adapt Kasten's code to work with this new superstar destroyer, and she thinks she can. Meanwhile, Wedge will draft up a mission plan for Akbar to sign up, and Wiz will figure out how much hyper, which hyperspace routes Warlord Gabor is most likely to use for entering and exiting. Brent's ritual preparations become more elaborate with spotlights and speakers. Wedge did send out the memo, and at 800 hours, the wraiths start to gather. Wiz is complaining about his dress uniform, saying Wedge has known him longer and should like him better and not force him to wear this. But Wedge is intrigued by the mystery. (laughs) Same. Is everyone ready? Did I have a voice for Wiz? (laughs) No, but you can make it whatever you want. No, because since we're calling him Wiz, he's already a Kiwi. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. By the time Donus arrived, a handful of seconds after the appointed hour, Runt was still not in evidence. The main lights of the trench cut out, leaving only the new spotlight and the false stars overhead blazing, and Runt, quite dashing in his dress uniform, emerged from the galley. (laughs) 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 I know, okay. Okay, I got this. My friend. <laughs> oh, no. He said, waving his hands with unusual theatricality. How glad we are that you have chosen to accept our invitation. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you make me do this? You volunteered. That elicited some chuckles and run to plowed on. We are obliged to admit that we may have accidentally misled Commander Antilles when describing this event. We think he believed this to be a thakwash ritual. (laughs) Wedge crossed his arms and gave Runt a stern look. Accidentally misled. (laughs) I can't do this. (laughs) Can I believe in you? Well, you will have to ask the Runt you were talking to this afternoon. We are not he at this moment. We are now the runt who ducks and retreats when confronted with the errors of his ways. Runt grinned, his huge teeth flashing white in the gloom of the front galley. Kella must have given you lection. Lections? <laughs> Lic- <laughs> I can't <say> lessons. <laughs> lections. It's a th- it's a thackwash word. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Kella must have given you lessons and knowing who we are at any moment. So. This is a ritual we have seen among the military officers of the New Republic. It is called a formal dance. (laughs) (laughs) Come forward and dance under the stars. (laughs) Oh my god, it's amazing. The race and maintenance personnel looked at one another as though to inquire silently as to which of them would summon the military police in charge of pilot sanity. Piggy huffed and asked. And if we decline? Rent's expression became serious, even menacing. Hey, we will have hurt feelings. (laughs) And this is a compulsory dance, so we will shoot you. (laughs) (laughs) Kill crossed to him, grabbed him by his fur-backed ears, and shook Rent's head. Rent, that was a joke, a human-style joke. I'm so proud of you. Runt smiled again. We are pleased you are pleased. <laughs> <laughs> you just 
fucking fancy or something. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. I'm not editing any of this, by the way. <laughs> no, don't. Kel moved to the center of the absurd dance floor and extended a hand. Tyria came to him, smiling, and took it. Kel glanced significantly at Rund, who in turn nodded to Chunky, Tyria's R5 unit, who stood watch at the bottom of the pole on which the spotlight rested, and suddenly music blasted out at the squadron, a formal dance of Alderaan, which noted. Rund gestured at Chunky, a lowering of his hand, and the volume decreased to appropriate levels. And Kel and Tyria danced, smiling at one another, the rest of the universe suddenly lost to them. Jansen sighed. I'm gonna have run shot. Wedge gave him a tolerant smile. Wait for results before you assign punishment. Now you're talking like a general again. Oh, that stung. Then Shala was on the dance floor, beckoning Donos to join her, and Wedge saw one of the female mechanics hauling Cubber out to dance, her fingers firmly clamped on his septum as the mechanic protested inarticulately. Yes. Jansen turned to Dia. Shall we, wingmate? <laughs> she looks startled. I don't know how. I thought you were a dancer. Not that kind. I have never danced with anyone. Only for them. Time to learn. He led her out to the floor, leaving Wedge alone. He watched others drift onto the floor, some smiling, some tentative, some resigned. He watched Runt re-enter the galley and emerge, carrying one end of a long table, Squeaky carrying the other. And then the two of them began bringing out trays and bowls and glasses and cutlery, the night's dinner, transformed by some extra work and attention into a wider variety of dishes, a buffet appropriate for a dance. When they were done and Squeaky had returned to the galley, Wedge approached. Runt was now slicing a ripe ball, a ripe ball cheese, okay, and setting slippers <laughs> of stuff on the plate. <laughs> Good job, Run. Run straightened and almost saluted. Woo! Sorry, sir. You surprised us. He returned to cutting. No need to apologize, nor is there any need for for formality. This is a social event. What gave you the idea? For the dance? You did, sir. Uh, command. Uh, wedge. <laughs> the name sounded as though it was almost too strange for Run to utter. You and the lieutenant walked by, talking of the hurt that Wraith morale had suffered. When you have a hurt, you do not wait for it to heal. You sit out to heal it. Why precisely a dance? Rent was slow to answer. It has been our observation that dance among the people of the New Republic, when it means anything, and it does not always mean anything, is an activity of mates. Making mates. Tending to mates. Reacquainting with mates. The race have been doing little but staring at death. But mates are life. What one lives for. What better way to turn away from death than to think of mates present and distant. <laughs> <laughs> Wedge thought that over. Front, I'm afraid you've just made yourself morale officer. Front made a noise somewhere between a snort and a deep chest cough. No, deep. How do I? No, deep. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Perfect. That was literally Perfect. what the text just described. Oh 
no! <laughs> we have been told that under your command, one cannot do a good thing without it becoming a duty. Was that another joke? We hope so. Wedge smiled. Keep it up, Run, and good work. He turned away. Will you be dancing? Wedge paused. Over his shoulder, he said, I'll put in one dance for courtesy's sake and then go. The race will probably loosen up more once I'm gone. But what of your morale? You've already lifted it, Runt. Yay! Maybe, possibly, the happiest I've ever been reading any of these books. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Wraith Squadron Prom is everything I've ever wanted. It's pretty good. And it's not even done yet. There's so much more. There is. Let's talk about it. Laura forces face onto the dance floor. He claims it's mutiny, but he has to go along with it anyway. They dance for a while until her and Wiz switch, leaving face paired with Dia. Dia thought Laura was trying to flirt with Wiz with some clever hand signals and probably some winking, but it really was just a signal for their plan. They were really doing Dia a favor. She said she wanted to talk to Faze, but was afraid to. She didn't know who she'd be when she spoke to him. Dia Pasik or Dia Pasik. She tells him that after they came home, she was someone in between them. But she decided that living like she that she liked living and she wanted to live. So she thanks Faze for stopping her. I think her and Lara should be besties. Because they kind of both have this problem of not knowing who they actually are. Right? Yeah. I mean, they are roomies too, so... Yeah, besties. Slumber parties. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Face tries to understand where she's coming from, but he has little to no information about it. Instead, he just asks her when the last time was that she relaxed, relaxing the company of others. Dia doesn't have an answer, and she startles when she thinks of something and tries to leave. <laughs> All of these people just, I'm uncomfortable, I need to go. <laughs> Face holds her a moment longer and implores her to open up to someone, even if it's not him. She doesn't think she can, but they keep dancing. Eventually, she says that she felt safe not so long ago when she was at her worst. When Face wouldn't let her kill herself, she knew that he would keep her safe from anyone, including her own demons. Dia tells him, I know that you failed Ton Fanon, but you did not fail me. He took her... I'm just reading from this quote from this. He took her head in his hands and kissed her and was swept away by the sweetness of her kiss, by the spicy taste of her, so different from human women. He felt her arms encircle his neck and they stood motionless beneath the twinkling stars as the dancers swirled around them. Did they really have to do a whole different from human woman thing? Sure did. They're super spicy, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Now we know. Now we know. Now I know, yeah. Do you think that Noir Van is spicy? Oh, no. I hope not. <laughs> what do you mean, no? <laughs> I bet he is. I bet he tastes like clove and cinnamon. Oh, probably, yeah. That might have been the weirdest thing I've said on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, it seems up there. It seemed it's up there. To me. It's pretty. In context, in context, very normal. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Good chapters. Great. 
chapters. Yeah, I really it's... hope we never have another dramatic reading with Rent. <laughs> <laughs> I hope every dramatic reading has Rent. When I agreed to do that, I didn't think he was in that chapter as much as he was. Yeah, you just <laughs> took that character and owned it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Excellent work. Um, no, when I finished this reading, I guess it was last night, I tweeted that Iron Fist is my favorite X-Wing book so far. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I see. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Also, Danny. Yay. Should we do some listener questions? Yeah. Cool. Last week we asked what kind of space drink would you want to try in a, at a space espcaf shop? And I think we still need to answer this, right? Sure do. Yep. Sure do. I would drink a red nerf and spodka. That's the space equivalent of Red Bull and vodka. That is horrific, but so on <laughs> I get it. Because a nerf is a male space cow. Yep. <laughs> oh. Sure is. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I would drink a iced Moncal Mocha, nice. which has some seaweed in it, so you think it's kind of weird, but really the saltiness just enhances the chocolate. I would drink a hot chocolate. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> cool, Danny. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Great. So thoughtful. <laughs> I like what I like, okay? I want I want to try a Melu run cider. Oh, nice. Because he runs a sips of those fruit, and I love cider, so I feel like could be good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> good answers, oh. everyone. Great Let's answers. see what our listeners had Thank to you. say. Oh, no. <laughs> News of the Galaxy said... It would not be Jawa juice made of real Jawas. When Obi-Wan <laughs> orders that, it shows that he's both a space pervert and a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've wow. ever called Obi-Wan a space pervert before. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm kind of into it. Yeah, like even in that whole episode where all we did was like call him a liar and ragged on him. We never called him a space pervert. Pervy Wan yeah. Kenobi. No. <laughs> I also have never heard of anyone called a cannibal, so this has been an experience. <laughs> Raising Fangirl said, after the day I had at work, my space calf drink would be calf with space baileys and space whiskey. Minus the calf. Bottle, please. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> Greg said, I'd order a loft cat stacker, which is like a traffic light, but all the layers are shades of brown, chocolate, and coffee flavor. I like that. <laughs> Suara said, I'd keep my coffee simple in Star Wars as I do in real life. Dark side roast with a splash of blue milk. Nice. Classy. Super classy. And also thank you for making it just coffee and not booze. (laughs) (laughs) Ian Miller said, don't drink calf, but I would order a hot chocolate infused with sunfruit liquor. Thank you for being a little more original than Danny, Ian. That sounds good, though. I'll have one of those, too. Yeah, oh, it's too late. You already ordered. <laughs> you already ordered a regular. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. Dinner leader made us this awesome list of space drinks. 
There's the macchiato. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> the grappuccino. Oh my gosh. Cafe Corelliano. How do you how would you say that? Corelliano. 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 Royal Naboo breakfast tea. And then <laughs> just a grinder pun. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, we, I'm sure there's one that would exist. Definitely. Um, dinner leader also said we could call crappy calf X-wing fuel, <laughs> and finally the Mon Carmelamari latte. Oh, oh my gosh! My God! <laughs> this is my signature drink from now on. <laughs> I can't get a macchiato. That's so good. Oh my God, Mon Caram. Caramelamari latte. That's so cute. It sounds oh so God. pretty too. I Mom bless you, dinner, dinner leader. We expected nothing less of dinner squadron. <laughs> and finally, Mika said, "I try the infamous Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster." Wait, I get that reference? Galaxy. I don't get that reference. What is it? It's Hitchhiker's it's from... Guide to the Galaxy. It's a drink they have in in that book. In what? In Hitchhiker's Guide Hitchhiker. to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Um, then Mika said, wait, wrong galaxy, whatever, hand me a butterbeer and all will be fine. Oh no, not again. Guess I'll have to settle for wampa whiskey or gun gin tonic then. Oh no. Oh, oh. oh gun gin tonic. That's pretty good. That like scares that. me. Um, we have to give a glistening Bodhi to dinner leader. Absolutely. Oh my God. I also, I also want to give one to News of the Galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For giving us space pervert, space pervert and cannibal Obi Wan. Oh my gosh! Um, we all good with this question I have in here for this week? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't think of something else we would ask this week. So, which race or rogue would you want to take to squad prom, and why? Can I take two? Yes. Is it Lu- Zombie Lu- 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 Jane, Jane doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Can I take three? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can um, I guess who the other two are? <laughs> yeah, guess, guess. Hmm. Is it I'm Mr. Sure Dead Inside Donos? Yes. And Dia? <laughs> You're so transparent, Sla- Slightly less Dead Inside Dia? <laughs> yeah. Them. I want, I'm taking those two with well, me. Well, Dia's now, like, too alive inside. Yeah. <laughs> you can balance out men. It's it's a good balance. Oof. Danny, I want to know who you would pick because I feel like the rest of us are very obvious. <laughs> yeah. So, part of me wants to say Lieutenant Ketch. Yes. <laughs> I think in actuality, I would just go with Wiz. He just seems like it'd be a fun time, you know? Wiz and I really time. appreciate his, his sarcastic sense of humor. He's really good. I think we I would... Know. I, I think that him and I would spend most of the time like standing off to the side, just being snarky, which is what I, my preferred way to spend dances, anyway. So, uh, I would. So Gavin would be my official date, but he would go home at a reasonable time, and then I would go to the after party with Face. Nice. Not with Tavin. <laughs> no, <laughs> Tavin. <laughs> Tavin is like after midnight, Gavin. <laughs> oh, worse. He needs to get home before he turns back into a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, a space it. pumpkin. 
face a spumpkin. A spumpkin. So not. yeah, definitely, definitely after, after party with face, and we I'll bunk over. It'll be great. Good. Not, not I mean, Akbar my... then. What? Oh, not Akbar. Yeah, good call. You said Rogue or Wraith. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Fair. He is neither. Not Jasmine. Not Jasmine. Um, tie me up with Tycho. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> okay, but let's say Tycho wasn't an option. I would go with Face to make Tycho jealous. Oh! <laughs> face. Go with the movie star. <laughs> See, but then, then by the end of the night, Tycho keeps sending you like te- like text messages, being like, "Now I'm jealous and I'm upset. You need to come home." So that's why you leave Face, and that's why I get. That's him why back. you get to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tycho Great. just sends you increasingly frustrated texts. Yep. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Are you having fun? I hope you're having fun. It's not fine. Get home, please. <laughs> He's wearing less and less clothing in every subsequent photo Absolutely. he sends. Yep. <laughs> We're all space perverts. <laughs> <laughs> four Obi-Wan sitting around podding the cast. <laughs> at least we're not cannibals. <laughs> well, three out of four anyway. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh gosh! All right, listeners. On that note, how about you tell us who you want to take to the prom and why? Hit us up on Twitter at roguepodron. Find us on our website roguepodron.tumblr.com. Email roguepodron at gmail.com. Subscribe via roguepodron feed, the roguepodron feed on iTunes, or the Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Feed, Stitcher, Feed Burner, and Google Play. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. (laughs) Next time. X Wing, Iron Fist, Chapter 17 to the end. I can't believe it's going to be over so soon. Don't worry. We still have Solo Command after this. And then Courtship of Princess Leia. (laughs) (laughs) And with that. This is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Nay. Pew, 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 pew. Nay, oh, nay. Pew. <laughs> 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 a device that like turns twitter off on all y'all's computers when we're recording somehow <laughs> hey i okay i was looking at twitter. hey <laughs> <laughs> i was reading a manga i'm sorry <laughs> you were straight up reading a manga <laughs>
like, are we that boring to you? No, it's just it's just the single dad learning how to cook. Who's a sensei manga? <laughs> it's like all of my vulnerable spots. All right. Oh my god, I was just reading a manga. <laughs> okay, now I know to bring a book next time we record our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> get cut up on some of my netflix i guess yeah <laughs> okay oh my gosh that was a plus squatting today <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh i can do a professional podcaster after this <laughs> you're 100% professional podcast <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh gosh tonight's episode was a gem oh I swear we're getting more fake girl quadrant every time I mean it made it really easy for us this time yeah <laughs> let's, let's have a prom <laughs> I have a quick question. Um, yeah. How do you spell... Is it about Star how... Wars episode? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we already did that, Danny. <laughs> it never ends. I never have a question about Star Wars episode 8 the last year. Let's be real. We know that. <laughs> no, how do you spell... Um, Like a... Hmm. Just like PFT over and over again? Or like just Piet <laughs> Pew with a bunch of Fs? Of Fs. Yeah. If it's a horse sound, it's more of a. It's supposed to be more of a. Brrr, so it's supposed to be like a B, I guess. Brrr. I read a lot of Pony Club. No, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a fun <laughs> discovery. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What do you mean you read a lot of Pony Club? <laughs> yeah. Pony Club? Let us, let us not just mean? gloss over this. <laughs> You know how there's like always a kid in your class who's obsessed with horses when you're in primary school. Yes, correct. <laughs> that you. That you. It was me. I even had a pony. Nay. <laughs> 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 oh my god. You're you gotta beautiful. put more into it. You're so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. If, if we have a dolphin character, I can also be a dolphin. <laughs> I can also do be a dolphin. Oh my god, I hope we have Joe dolphin characters one day. Oh my gosh. What if? <laughs> what if? That would be beautiful. That would be if we ever do Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Padron. Mm. God. You know, we would actually have fun with those books, I think. Yeah. Um, but wait. I would probably be a dolphin the whole time. Saf, you can't just say that you... <laughs> Would make a good dolphin, <laughs> and then leave it at that. You have to make the dolphin noise. Okay. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> New ringtone. Okay. A really funny story about dolphin. That should be your text alert. No. Wait, did you see him a story about dolphins? Yeah, I have a story about dolphin noises. Um, I actually, I actually really hate the personification of dolphins. <laughs> Um, one summer, my family and I were on vacation in Delaware, and we were taking the ferry from one town in Delaware to another. I was, like, maybe 14 or 15, 
And I had, for whatever reason that summer, became obsessed with making dolphin noises. <laughs> so while we were on the ferry, I just, like, started making the noises. And there was this other family on the ferry with, like, a little kid. And he got, when he heard it, he got so excited and said to his mom, Mom, I hear the dolphins. Because we, like, saw dolphins, which is why I was making a sound. He's like, Mom, I hear them. And I was like, oh, no. It was me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So you being a totally human being goes, like, way back. Yeah, way, way back. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Way, way back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are so precious. Good times, good times. Oh, gosh. Well, that was a really enlightening episode of Rogue Padron. It, yeah, yeah we've, learned a, we've learned a lot about each other. <laughs> Sure have. Mostly about Saf. <laughs> yeah, mostly about Saf. Yeah, it happens sometimes. I keep my life a mystery for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> because then we find out you're good at horse noises and dolphin squeaks. You know what I mean? I didn't know I could do horse noises, so that's a first for me, too. So we're all discovering new things about ourselves. We are. <laughs> Just like the raids. Just it. We're all like... on this journey together. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> Oof. Wow. That was great. Thank you for that today. Yes, yes. this was good. This was good. I'm going to keep this memory tucked in my heart for always. Good. That's beautiful. And then I'll just listen to it again. Whenever I feel <laughs> sad, I'll just listen to this part. <laughs> <laughs>